I'm your BFF, Heather, and I'm also lucky enough to be the host of this show. I'm a perfectly imperfect wife, mom to four, ages ranging from 10 to 24. And in this space, you will hear honest conversation and learn to pivot in life to do all that God is calling you to do. We're in this together, and we are not afraid to do scary things. Hello, darling. Does anyone call you darling? I sure hope so. If they don't, I will call you darling. Thank you for being here. This is episode number 48. And darling, I have something to share with you. Have you heard Kelly Clarkson's latest song on her Christmas album? It's titled Blessed. I am going to read the lyrics to you. Someone shared these lyrics with me at a Christmas party Friday evening. My friend Mary read this to our group before she said the prayer. And it's so beautiful. So much of this resonated with me. I hope that it will you as well. So just if you can close your eyes, just sit back, relax, and take it all in. It's quiet all around. The only sound here in the silence are the snowflakes falling down, just like glitter on the ground. Another year's come around got me thinking back about the times when I had nothing but big dreams still in my head that were hanging by a thread that fueled desire in my chest, but I'm blessed. Looking in the eyes of my children, surrounded by the love I've been given, Don't want to take a moment for granted. Sometimes it's so easy to forget to be grateful for the life I've been living. I'm learning to have faith and forgiving. Sometimes I'll lift my heart to the heavens just so I remember that I'm blessed. Here we are together taking time for one another underneath the Christmas tree, sweeter than a symphony. It means everything to me, sharing all our stories of our failures and our glories. Even when our hopes got torn, we made it through the storm. And I couldn't ask for more because I'm blessed. Looking in the eyes of my children, surrounded by the love I've been given, don't want to take a moment for granted. Sometimes it's so easy to forget to be grateful for the life I've been living. I'm learning to have faith and forgiving. Sometimes I lift my heart to the heavens when I'm down and I'm lost and I'm tired. When it feels the whole world is on fire, close my eyes and imagine a choir. Even when I feel like a mess, have to take a good look inside me. Yes. In the hurts where I found the holy, I guess I'll never be perfect, but I try my best to remember I'm blessed. And she followed this with saying that if you're human, then all of our lives, your life, my life is a mess in some way, maybe not in every way, but in some way, it's a mess. It's not perfect. Perfection doesn't exist. It's a lie. It's a myth. If you look around and you think, oh, their life is perfect. Well, it's not. If you feel like everybody else's lives are perfect, but yours, not true. So not true. And I looked around the room while she was reading this and I looked and, and 
noticed there was one friend there who lost a child a few years ago, another friend who is going through an unwanted divorce. I mean, there just there are there are a lot of situations, and she pointed that out. She said there are a lot of people here who have had a hard year. They've they've gone through some things and things that I don't know about, and maybe nobody else in the room knew about it. Maybe you have things that you're going through. Maybe you've lost a loved one recently, or maybe you've lost an income your family has. Maybe someone has broken your trust. Maybe you've lost a pregnancy or you're having trouble conceiving. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you have an illness that you're battling or a friend or a family member is battling an illness. Others may not know the load that you carry, but God knows, and he will fight for you. So know that he loves you. God loves you every single day. And I love you. So you're, you're not alone. You're never alone in this world. God's always with you. If you get a chance to listen to this song, it's on YouTube. You can watch the video. She's in this gorgeous purple dress and it's a prime example of how Jesus loves her more because she has this outstanding voice. You know what I'm talking about. I wish I had this voice, but it is just beautiful. The song will just take your breath away. So if you get a chance to listen, please do, because me reading the lyrics just does not do this song justice. I promise, promise, promise. But the whole point is we're a mess. We're all a mess, but we need to just be thankful because guess what? We're all blessed. If you're here and you can hear this podcast, you're listening now, you are blessed. All right, ladies, I know you want this. I know you need it. And here is your easy, simple recipe because we love these easy, simple recipes. And this drum roll I wish I had a drum roll. Maybe if we got really fancy, very fancy, and we had a production team, then we could have a drum roll. But guess what? Right now, it's just (laughs) Uno. Just one person, and that person would be me sitting behind this microphone. Okay, so just pretend like there's a drum roll right now. This is for a crock pot mushroom recipe, you can serve this as an appetizer or you can serve this as a side dish. Either way you serve it, it's yummy, delicious. My whole family loves it. Your whole family will love it and your friends will love it and anybody you serve it to will love it. So get your pen and your paper and you need these three things and that's it. You need two pounds of fresh whole mushrooms, one cup of butter and two packets of dry ranch dressing mix. And that's it. You're going to wash your mushrooms, make sure they're good and clean, place them in the bottom of your slow cooker, pour your butter mixture with your ranch dressing over the top, toss them around a little bit. Don't be too rough, gently toss. And then you're just going to cover them and cook them on low for three hours. And that is it. So, and then you just jump back and you go, ta-da, and everybody will be happy. Everybody will love them. And that's our quick and easy recipe for today. And now we're going to join Holly and catch up. We'll jump right into the conversation. I love you. 
Thanks for being here. If you enjoy this episode, please, please, please go leave a review, like, follow. This encourages our guests. It encourages me. And we are so grateful. We're so grateful for you and that you're taking time to be here with us. Holly Hollowell, I am so happy to be here with you today. Thank you so much for, I'm so excited to be here too. This is going to be a good time. So I, you, let me backtrack. You are from Illinois. Yes. You hopped up, moved you and your husband to Nashville. So tell me about the why, give me your why. Yeah, we, so we've been married for three years in August, um, which is crazy. It feels like a lot longer than that. And also a lot shorter than that all at the same time. (laughs) But we, um, my husband and I both met in college for music. And uh, so we both went to school up in kind of the far West suburbs of Chicago. So we were going to school up there for music. And we, um, once I graduated, we just knew we wanted to do music together. And we um, actually, right as soon as I got to graduate college, um, cause Walter, my husband, Walter was a couple years ahead of me. Um, as soon as I graduated, we, we were married and we both got to hop on the road together with a Christian band um, called Citizen Way, actually. And um, we got to both hop on the road with them. My husband was their like tour manager and production manager. And um, I was their merch gal. And I also organized all their sponsor stuff since they had a sponsor for um, all of their shows. And so that was incredible. We did that while still living up north, though. So we took the like night about probably like eight, nine hour drive to Nashville for bus call, for rehearsals, for all that good stuff, which was crazy. But we just knew we were like, we're going to wait for the right time to move. Like we always kind of saw ourselves in, in Tennessee eventually, even not even just for music, but we love the area in general. The area is just so nice and, and beautiful. And, um, but we were going to wait till the right time. And so we just continued making trips down to Nashville when we could for, for music, for co-writes, all the things. And then sure enough, it's like something, something shifts in your heart when the Lord's preparing you to, to make a, take a step. And so it was actually last December that, um, we were taking trips down here. And one of our trips that we took at in December, it was like Walter and I both were like, the scales are kind of tipping in a way, like it feels like something's kind of shifting in our hearts. And so we started just keeping our eye out for places for where we might want to live and uh, how that might all work out. And just sure enough, like step by step, the Lord worked everything out. And so we moved in May um, and now we're doing music together, which is really great. My husband's out on the road um, playing keyboard for, uh, for a Christian band. And, um, when he comes home off the road from that, he's, uh, producing music for me and producing music for other artists. And I've been worship leading a lot down here and, um, just really being full-time singer songwriter, which has been so fun. Well, this is what I really want to ask you, Holly, because I've thought about this a million times and I've spoken with quite a few singer songwriters now. At what point did you know that you wanted to concentrate in the Christian genre? 
Mm, that's such a good question. Yeah. I, cause I've wanted to do music for, gosh, it feels like as long as I can remember because of growing up in a, in a, such a music home. And, um, I also grew up in a Christian home too, but early on, like my siblings, you know, they would, my older siblings, they would just give me music to listen to. Like, this is the good stuff. Listen to this, listen to this. And that just slowly started crafting my, um, my passion for music, but it really wasn't until middle school and high school. Um, the youth group I was a part of at church, we started going to these, uh, youth conferences, um, where, you know, for middle school, it would just be a weekend trip, um, kind of overnight somewhere for this Christian youth conference. And then in high school, it becomes kind of a week long camp. And I felt like at each one of those events and those camps, I just felt so much more stirred, like a stirring more and more in my heart to, of course, growing closer to Jesus through that. And, but also of course, at all at those events, there'd be a band leading worship. Um, and there was just something about that, that I was like, I mean, that's, I mean, wait a second, I can put my passion for music and my love for Jesus together. And so I, it was really at those camps kind of all collectively, there really wasn't one particular moment, but all those camps collectively started really pointing me to um, doing music for um, as a Christian and for um, the just the growth of the kingdom. And so my my both of my have actually been the same music school. Uh, there's big music school in Decatur, Illinois, Millican University. That's really, it's, it's got such a great music program, but it's, um, but I, I just started feeling like, I think I need to go to a, a Christian, a Christian college and try and pursue something in that direction. And um, so, yeah, I decided to go to a Christian college and that really grew me deeper in faith and, and sure enough, opened the door to get to work with a Christian band and really learn like firsthand what ministry on the road for music really looks like. Right. So. Well, I feel like Lauren Daigle, I mean, she really changed everything for this generation mm. in the Christian music world. But I, I wonder if a lot of musicians are held back because, you know, there's not the quite the stigma of fame and being a celebrity in the Christian music world. Do you agree? Do you think that holds some people back? Yeah, I, I think there's a there could be a level of well, as an artist, I I want to say what I want to say. I want to have the freedom to do whatever I want, and and in a sense, yeah, that lid is kind of popped off, and you can the possibilities are endless for yeah for musicians kind of outside of Christian music. Yeah, and too, I wonder if they feel like because I think for one thing, fear holds so many people back. But maybe they think I'm not perfect enough to sing Christian music. What if this comes out about me or that comes out about me? And there's no such thing as perfection. There's, I mean, it's just, it does not exist. No, no, I actually loved, I, um, and maybe you saw it too. I just recently went and saw that Jesus music movie that they came from it. It is so good. And, you know, they actually speak to that kind of thing in just the perfect way 
um, because the whole documentary is kind of covering a few stories in um, the history of Christian music and a quote from somebody who I believe he um, is involved with CCM magazine. So contemporary Christian music magazine. Um, and he had said at one point there was something going on with an artist, like something kind of came out and the artist approached that guy and said, Hey, I know you're getting ready to do a spread about me in your magazine, like on the front cover. And this came out about me. I, I would understand if you don't want to publish this now because of that. And the guy goes, now, if we did that for every artist, like we'd be printing blank paper, we'd be publishing blank right. paper. If we held back every story of somebody just because they did something, you know, or, or sin, like we're all sinners, we're all sinners. Right, right. And I, I feel like that that keeps a lot of people out yeah. of places that they would normally want to be. I mean, church, I think that keeps a lot of people out of and from participating in the community of church. Mm-hmm. I agree. In general, do you feel like because you are young and beautiful, do you see yourself as being a role model to younger generations? Yeah, I do. I think anybody that's got a, a platform that's that's visible, um, especially in in Chris as a Christian, we are role models we're just, we are role models. There's no doubt about it. And, and I think it's kind of complicated. I feel like in this age of social media, people can get the numbers and get the visibility without maybe having wanted that. And you're a role model now because of that, you you know, it's, which is kind of, that can be kind of hard, but, um, but yes, to answer your question, I, I do, I do recognize that I am. Yeah. Yes. And you, I'm looking at you now and you're dressed very conservatively. I listened to a whole podcast with Brooke Shields. Do you know who Brooke Shields is? I do. Yes. Okay, good. (laughs) Okay. Brooke Shields now has teenage daughters. And as you know, as a child, even she was personified as being very sexual, which she wasn't in real life, but, but movie producers, her mother, I feel like kind of fed into that. It, that's just my opinion. But I'm I'm looking at you. You're very conservative. When you get on social media, and Brooke was talking about this now that she has teenage daughters, it's such a battle to get them to wear clothes. They don't. I mean, they're some of them. I, they're almost half naked. I looked up the other day. There was a group of college girls, and they were in bras for their tops. Like, I'm not talking about sports bras. Have you seen this? No, I have not. Yes, They were in, one of them had on a bra that I own. I recognize the bra. So this is a bra that clasped in the back that normally you would wear under clothes. And these college girls have that on in blue jeans and they're out and about. And I have questioned, I have a college daughter who is 20 and I questioned her about this. And she said, oh, that's what, that's what they wear now. Not everybody, but so, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Mm -hmm. Do you think that it's going to get worse? How do we get it back to a good place? I mean, what, what are your, what were your rules growing up with your parents? Yeah, it was, my dad was protective for sure. We, uh, we kind of had a, a rule because for me too, I just didn't have a problem. I think with wanting to wear 
mod more modestly, you know, that was just always kind of my preference anyway. Um, but you know, but my dad, of course, we, we had a rule of, um, you know, not wearing yoga pants to, or basically leggings, like don't wear leggings as pants to, <laughs> to school. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that because now people think that, that leggings are pants. I know, <laughs> I know, but it's, and I mean, you can't deny it. They're very revealing. They're very of every curvature, you know? And I think, cause something I think is very, very related to all this. And I didn't even know about the wearing a bra as a top thing. Um, I, I mean, as you can, as we can clearly see is the trend in culture right now, especially in young women, is that there's kind of an identity crisis going on. Like women don't see value in themselves. Um, I mean, gosh, especially because of and then seeing the rise in suicide rates, things like that, you know, there's just a lot of, I've just been seeing a lot of women struggling with, am I worthy? Am I beautiful? Um, do I matter? I think that's really a trend right now. And so it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me that in an effort to feel valuable, they say, well, Hey, I'm going to flaunt what I've got because it's mine and it's beautiful in an effort to kind of tell themselves or to just even tell other people that maybe have told them that they aren't beautiful and they aren't worthy in an effort to speak that message. They try and show off. They try and, because I can see that it, that someone might think that that communicates a confidence, a message of confidence. I can see that, but, um, I, but I can see that that's just related to a deeper heart issue of the person struggling with, confidence, struggling with seeing themselves as God sees them. And so especially for me as a Christian artist, um, as someone with at least even as small of a platform as I have, but still a platform, you know, to speak from, um, I've got a responsibility to, to spread, to, to encourage women that, hey, there is somebody who loves us as we are um, and we don't need to show off. Like we, we don't need to show off anything. Um, and he's the God of the universe. He's the creator of the universe that knows us, made us, loved us. Um, and I think there also kind of comes in because for me too, modesty also plays a part in marriage. Um, it plays a part in, um, kind of protecting myself before marriage and now after marriage, saving myself for my husband, you know, and I, I fear too that I'll, the marriage topic can get pretty twisted outside of the biblical worldview. So there's just so many things playing into all that, but of course, but yeah, first and foremost, I think it comes to like, Hey ladies, you, you are loved, you are seen, you are known and you're beautiful just as you are. And the God of the universe believes that. So who cares what, the, the girl next door or the boy next door thinks like he's the God of the universe. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, Holly, you posted your most recent post on Instagram yeah. was Proverbs 12 two, And I love that if I can get to it, because I do not, I can't recite it from memory. You may be able to but I cannot. So I'm going to read this to you and I want you to tell me because when you post something, it's because it has a meaning to you. 
And so I, I would like to know your thoughts on this. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. What were your thoughts when you posted that? I, you know, it's so funny. I had that post in my drafts for a couple of days and I'm, I'm not the best at writing. I'll admit it. It takes me forever to write captions that are brief, but yet impactful. Anyway, I had it sitting in my dress for a long time. And I wrote, at first I wrote something that I was like, well, this, this is what I'm feeling with it. Cause when I was thinking of, I was reflecting on that verse the other day and I just personally felt such a, such a revelation of, um, especially when it comes to social media, how social media is conforming our minds to the world and that we need to be transformed and renewed by the word of God. Um, and I was so convicted by it in, um, in the way the Lord revealed my own habits with social media and just technology in general. And I wrote this whole just caption, but I was like, I don't, this is so long. Who's going to read it? Or I was getting jumbled in my thoughts. I was like, is this even clear? And so I ended up kind of keeping it a little bit more concise, but really that verse has been meaning a lot to me in this season. Um, because, because yeah, the Lord has been really revealing habits for me with social media and how, oh gosh, the, the addiction that it really cultivates, um, that we don't really talk about that much, but it really is an addiction. And, um, and when we are so, when we are more consumed with stories, lives of other people that really aren't even the full picture, um, that we see on social media that whether we know it or not, it's, um, habit is the first thing I, I turn off my alarm in the morning, pick up my phone and I haven't even gotten out of bed. And I look up Facebook and I look at Instagram, like that's doing something to shape me. And I really feel like, um, cause yeah, I've not had the best habits with social media. I will confess, but I feel like in the past couple of months, I've really been feeling the repercussions of that. I've been seeing how that has shaped me. I've been seeing the emotions that that's giving me the, how it's been morphing um, beliefs even that I have just about myself. And, um, and I'm so thankful. My church that I go to down here is actually talking about, um, the series is about habits and about rhythm. So something my pastor had said that really struck me was what does your pace of life reveal about what you believe? And that really struck me. And wow, my pace of life is trying to keep up to date with social media or trying to, um, sometimes, and I'm trying to work on this for sure, but sometimes a sense of competition, I think like the social media can cultivate that com competitive sense in all of us, um, which sometimes can be healthy, but sometimes not. Um, so I've been really convicted in that verse the other day was such the perfect reminder to me that um, spending so much time, if I'm spending more time on social media than I am in the word, that that is doing something. And, um, you know, and I, something my a pastor I know had also had said is if you're not growing, you're dying or whatever you're feeding is growing, whatever you're starving is dying. There's no really in between. And so I just felt so, I, I wanted to share that verse in hopes that some, that God might use that to remind somebody else of that, because in this day, like 
in this culture, like we've got to, we've got to rise up <laughs> to the occasion. Like the enemy's yes. on, the enemy's on the move and we've got to be prepared. We've got to be, we've got to be ready to be the hands and feet of Jesus that he calls us to be. And the more, at least for me, the more that I'm in social media, the more the enemy's getting a better hold of lies in me. And, and so, man, I've got to be, I've got to be transformed. And like that verse says, we've got to be renewed to understand and to know the perfect will of God. So even to know it and something that I was really thinking about in that part of the verse was how social media for my husband and I both makes us both very foggy in our, just in our thinking, like we're not as clear in our thoughts when we're so just like kind of run by social media in a way. And, and I just love that that verse says it that way, because it's like, man, yeah, if we are in the word more, we're going to be able to understand more what the Lord actually wants us to do and what our part is in growing his kingdom. That was such a long answer to your question. But <laughs> no, it was perfect. I mean, I'm just soaking it all up. I need to be taking notes right now, Holly. You are so intelligent. You are so smart. Okay, so this is what I found to be true with me. I don't know about you. And I've heard this many times before, but you can't grow when you're comfortable. God will put you in uncomfortable places and positions to help you grow. Have you found that to be true for you as well? Definitely. Most definitely. Um, I, ah, yes, I felt that in so many different ways, um, really all through these past few years, especially because I, I feel like ever since um, college, I, when I really started making that decision to chase music for, for the Lord, because um, actually there, there was a moment at, when I was at school that I, um, I about changed my degree. So I studied music business, hoping that eventually that would lead to being able to write and record songs and perform those songs. And I about changed it all for, for a finance degree of all things. <laughs> I, it's so funny. You're trying to play it safe. Someone was probably whispering in your ear, find something that you can fall back on. Yes, that was yes. definitely what was happening. And I was so thankful that um, my husband, of course, at the time we were just dating and he had said, hey, like, I, I don't think this is it. I don't think it's the finance degree, you know? And so thankfully, I, even though I was so close to doing it, I stuck with the music business and finished out with that. Um, but so, so ever since I kind of made that decision in full, it feels like, there's just been so many challenging pieces that God has brought me through to really, to really grow and develop me. And something that's helped me so much is the imagery of a garden and the imagery of seeds planted in the dirt have to not only break out of that shell, but they have to grow up against gravity, which I've never thought about. Growing up means growing against gravity, which is hard. Um, but you grow through the dirt and break through the soil to see the light, to see the sunshine and to really grow. Um, so that has really helped me and, and just reminded me that, okay, these seasons are, some of these seasons are very hard or very tough, but God's doing something through this and he's doing something in me through this. Um, the Bible often mentions gold, like refining gold. 
in the fire um, to come out as gold, which is which is so beautiful. Um, and you, and another metaphor that really spoke to me actually right after college was um, this metaphor that Christine Kane had given in a message of hers. Um, I love Christine Kane. Um, she had given this message about King David, and when he was called as the king as just a young boy, as a shepherd, but it was years before he was appointed that position. So he was anointed so early on, but he needed all those years of development and of growth until he was appointed king. And something Christine mentioned in that story was that it's a lography. And when you're developing images, which I thought was so cool, like in order to develop images, it's, it has to be developed in the dark room um, and for the image to be forged onto the photograph which of course, Christine mentioned that as like Christ's image being forged in us. Like it has to be done in that. I love room. that. I know in, in that dark room. And if you open the door in the dark room prematurely to reveal light, the image is ruined. And that really right. spoke to me. I, I was like, okay, Lord, like you open that door when you're ready then. Like, I don't want to open it prematurely because you're, your image in me is most important. And of course, what I love is that that's what God cares about the most. He cares about our character, not about our accomplishments, not about what we, not even about what we want to do. Like he cares the most about our heart and our character. And, and yeah, for that to grow, for that to develop, it gr it happens through hard, hard seasons. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes you're put out in the desert and some of the people that God loved the most, he put out in the desert. So sometimes I just pray. I'm like, Lord, please don't put me in the desert. <laughs> I'm going to trust that you love me. Please don't put me in the desert right now. <laughs> do you ever do that? Oh my goodness. Yes. And there's, I've had moments where I can feel the, the, I can feel that what I need to pray is Lord, grow me, develop me, but I'm kind of like, oh, but please be careful. <laughs> like, I'm like, that's such a dangerous prayer to pray, but yes. so good and, but so hard. Well, let me ask you this, Holly, what would having it all mean to you? And I know that's, that's something you may not have thought about before. I had someone ask me that the other day and I'm very goal oriented, but it just, it, it took me back a little bit. So I'm just curious to know what would having it all mean to you? Oh, wow. It, it's funny because at first, honest, I feel that fleshy part of me that when you ask that question, the first thing that comes to my mind is like, having it all. You mean like a pool in the backyard, my own big house with like a long driveway, you know, all these things. And I'm like, but gosh, I know that even if that was what having it all was like, it would be so empty. And I would have the same problems I have today as I would have with materially everything, you know? Um, so I know that deep like what really having it all means I feel like is like being content with what the Lord's given me um because I think of you know when it once it comes time to for Walter and me to have kiddos someday um I want to be happy with like my family I want to be invested in my family um I want to be content and and 
in the work that I've done that I want to be obedient to. Like, I think obedience definitely has a lot to do with it. Um, yeah, being obedient, being content with what he's given me, um, being content with what I've been able to, to do and what he's called me to do. Um, yeah, I think that's what, what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's so good. I, I agree that and sometimes being obedient. I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes I go, okay, Lord, I'm going to do it, but <laughs> yeah. do I have to do this? You know how God will put that on your heart and you, you just know that that's what you're supposed to do, but some things are scary, Holly. It's, I mean, have things, have you had times where you thought this is a scary thing to do? You're putting yourself out there. Yes. Yes. I remember feeling that when we had released my first single, like it got, it got out there and it was like, wow, like I really feel this. I, I really feel this. We are putting something that we crafted that we really carefully put together and, um, and it's going out there and, and that's it. Like it's now like out of my hands in a sense. Um, and it maybe got like a few hundred streams in a day or something, you know, not, not anything crazy. And it's kind of like, okay, but it's still good that we did this. It's still good that we did this. <laughs> I'm affirming all of that. Um, it's yeah, it's especially when, um, when it's something like, when it's something creative like that, something that you've crafted. So personal, so personal. And we've put it out there for people to take or not take to accept or reject or, do whatever they want with it. And it is frightening. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it has to be. So let me ask you this. We, I love supporting women. And I just feel like that when we support each other, we all win. How can our BFF community best support you? Oh, gosh. Well, it's funny at the, you know, here now as we're recording this, we um, are raising funds for my debut EP, um, which is really exciting and really, really scary. Um, so we're working on that right now. And um, of course, that's the first thing I think of is like, but, but also it really support just for me looks like, um, of course, following me on social media um, and gosh, even in just engaging with the content, I think is all I can really think of it. And that can look like so many different things that could just look like maybe if um, a, a, a song that I, that I release or a cover that I did, if it ministered to you at all, like if it ministered to somebody at all, um, if maybe you can share that and see if it could do something to somebody else in, in your community and your, in your sphere of friends and family. Um, I think that's just what it looks like for me. Yeah. Okay. Where can we go to help you with this fundraising? Okay. So the fundraiser, I've got links um, in my Instagram bio and I have, I've posted quite a bit. I think every post that I make on my Facebook page, I try and link it in my caption to make it easy to go to. Um, so you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Holly Hollowell official um, and find my Kickstarter links there. Or you could honestly also go to kickstarter.com and just search Holly Hollowell and that uh, debut EP fundraiser will pop up. Okay, so, great. And I'll put that in the show notes as well for this episode. Yes, I will put that. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot, Holly. Yes, and if okay. this is not a good time for you to do this, just say so. 
But I would love to hear a few verses. Acapella, would you be willing to, to sing just a little bit? I know you don't have a microphone. You don't have any instruments. Yeah. But would you be willing just uh, to give us a little preview? Of course. Do you, would you like to hear a song that's not released yet? Would that be, would that be cool? <laughs> Whatever you would like to share, we would love. Okay. You know, actually, I, cause I, the first thing that just popped in my mind was um, I led worship yesterday at a new church and we did Holy Spirit. And I just love that song so much. And I think it's so fitting for something like this too. Um, as we just record this episode. Um, so I'd love to just even sing the chorus of that. That sounds great. Yeah. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Wow, that was so beautiful, Holly. That was so beautiful. Thank you. You are just a joy and so lovely. Thank you so much. This was a pleasure. I really enjoyed this. Well, thank you for joining me. And y'all can find... Holly Hollowell on Instagram, Facebook, and go look her up. The real estate market is strong and rates are super low. I'd love to help you find the perfect new home for your family. I was raised in the Mid-South and have lifeline contacts in the 901. Give me a call. Shauna Hearn, Keller Williams Realty, 901-849-3848.